Welcome back to Chasing the Chip, episode 18 now, I believe. Ah, we're really getting up there, but yeah, still having a good time, still doing everything. I am your host, Moise, alongside, as always, my co-host, Dre. How you doing, Dre? I'm doing pretty good, doing pretty good. Uh, we're kind of approaching that time in sports where everything gets a little more boring, uh, unless you're super into baseball, which I mean, I'm rocking the Nats shirt, so you know, trying to get into it. Uh, winding down the NBA stuff, but I thought just to keep the focus on our favorite football team, we should do something a little more interesting. Let's, I wanted to go through and draft our favorite moves of the offseason. Uh, this is not just personnel moves. This is not just draft picks, anything like that. Just anything the team has done in the offseason. I want to go back and forth drafting our favorite things that have happened surrounding this team. We'll probably come up with a better name for it, but I'm just going to call it the offseason draft for now. So I'll go first, because my first overall pick might surprise some people. Because my first overall pick for my favorite move of the offseason was returfing FedEx Field. We have had so many issues with injury on this damn field that a shout out to King Ty, who just resubscribed for the fifth month in a row. Appreciate you. But yes, the returfing of FedEx Field. We have had so many people just come in here and break their legs on this goddamn field. I am t- so tired of injuries happening constantly. So tired of all the bullshit surrounding how terrible the stadium looks in like October, November time after like two, three months of playing and it just looks like shit. I'm so happy that we're headed for an actual decent stadium. So that's my first overall pick of the offseason. What you got? It's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> I like what Mayhew's done. I think that's a really, really solid pick. He, um, a lot of people seem to kind of forget that one of the first things he tried to do was bring in his guy, which is Matt Stafford, as soon as he got here. Like, they were trying to trade a first and a third for him, but I don't know. So quarterback could have been addressed as soon as uh, as soon as Mayhew got here, and that would have been a huge boost to that Mayhew pick. But I think regardless, Mayhew is going to be a solid GM for us. I p- Part of me wants to piggyback off of that and go Hurdy next, but I don't know if he's done anything, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, let's go a little more personnel side, because I think the William Jackson signing is going to be huge for this team. Um, oh, you're muted on stream? Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> you want to go through your first pick again? I just unmuted you. Okay, I don't know yeah, if anybody's uh, said, been able to hear anything you said so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mo's already t- Moe's already touched on it. Um, the turf was probably my number one, but since you already said that, I'm going to go with Mayhew as GM. Uh, I like what he's done. Like I said, uh, I kind of felt some way about not – you know, getting this guy in the building, but everything else she's done, I'm excited, and I like what they, they got going on. Holy shit, CW is going hard with these bits. Yeah, yeah, appreciate you. Appreciate, appreciate you, man. That's like 1450 already. Calm hey, down. it's nice to be in here while they're doing it. <laughs> For real. <laughs> I always be missing out on the fun. <laughs> it's always a good time when the boy Grey Wolf is here. All right, but back to back to my second pick. So, yeah, you had my first over pick was the turf. You had Mayhew. I'm going to go William Jackson. Because, again, I think it's going to be a huge, huge move for this defense. I know in the Twitter chat for the last few months, all of us, 
as like Washington football team fans. Even like at the start of last year, we were trying to ask for Jalen Ramsey because we needed like yeah. that shutdown corner. We got that guy, and he did not cost as much as Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, this he's gonna be probably the cornerback one coming in automatically. You know, shut down a lot of opposing number one receivers. Hopefully, shadow them. I don't think you need to have that. Uh, I don't think you need yeah. to have him shadow number one receivers because you have talented receivers beneath him. I mean, Kendall Fuller did a pretty decent job last year as kind of a cornerback one. Uh, plus, we have we added like Daryl Roberts and Benjamin St. Juice, who everybody has been hype about. Daryl Roberts, you could at least have Bobby McCain or something. I'm just, I'm just, I just yeah. had to say it. <laughs> I don't know. He's there. I don't know if he's good or not yet. But you know, there's depth there of solid yeah. NFL vets. McCain, I still think, is a safety, so I'm, I didn't. That's the only reason yeah, I didn't yeah. include him, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think William Jackson's my second pick. Who you got? Yeah, no, I absolutely love the William Jackson edition, but I'm going to go with uh, Jamin Davis. Uh, yeah, you know, I've, I I wanted the quarterback, but mm-hmm. not getting a quarterback, this is a absolutely amazing, amazing edition, and I think that he has a very, very great chance of being the defensive rookie of the year, so I got to go with him as my number two move of the offseason. 500 more bits from Gray Wolf. Dear Lord, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. They're awesome. Uh, So, yeah, I like Jamin a lot. I like the. Yeah. Obviously, we're both on draft night. We're not super enthusiastic about him. Yeah. Oh, my God. Five gifted subs. Gray Wolf is going him. You are insane, sir. Thank you. Uh, But, Jamin, yes. I obviously, we were both kind of lukewarm on the pick, I'd say. Yeah. At the least. And, uh, and I was going to say, it wasn't even really even about him. It was just, no. you know, yeah. It was about the way the board shook out, I think. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I, for one, was big on either a quarterback or Jeremiah Usukormo, who ended up sliding all the way to 53 or something. 51, yeah. 51? 51, 51, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, obviously, it's linebacker was obviously such a huge, huge need, especially yeah. after we saw the way, you know, John Bostic did not play well last year. Uh, Kevin Pierre-Lewis was in and out of the lineup but seemed like a very replacement-level player. I think Jamin kind of steps in. It sounded like they were playing him at Mike in um, at Mike linebacker in minicamp. Maybe when Bostic gets in, they're going to kind of slide him to Sam and just kind of have it as Holcomb, Bostic, Jamin, which is cool with me. But regardless, I think it improved your defense in a significant amount, so I think it's a really good pick. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to... Not- go ahead. And I was going to say, and I think we might have got the best linebacker that was available. I know everybody's high on Parsons, but mm-hmm. that's one, you know, Tyler aside, that's one man I didn't want here. I just think, you know, not to say anything crazy, but just everything that's out there, I just didn't want that guy. So absolutely yeah, if, love uh, the guy that we got. If you're you know, curious as to why, be sure to Google Micah Parsons Penn State allegations and you'll, you'll figure and it out. And even beyond the allegations, just, you know, just how he acts in general, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. He is kind of a goofball. <laughs> like, yeah. it's it's corny and you're a bad person. So, probably yeah. not a great combination. But, yeah, I linebackers, I mean, we're also going to – yeah, that's a good point, Javier. We're going to play a lot of two linebacker sets because, I mean, you're going to be in a nickel probably a ton. The modern NFL, just when you have so many receivers out there, you're going to need an extra corner, an extra defensive back out there. So, yeah, I think if you have Holcomb and Jamin as your two linebackers, I think you're chilling. There's a lot of speed, a lot of athleticism there. Uh, on to the third pick, because this is one I've kind of been hung up on, because first two I kind of had them as easier ones, just kind of big free agent addition, and the field is not shitty anymore. Do not say what I think you're about to say. Don't steal mine again. I'm not going to steal <laughs> yours. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think outside the box here. I'm going to say not letting defensive backs coach Chris Harris be, go to the Eagles defensive as the def- uh, defensive coordinator. 
That's not really Yo. in their control. But like just him not being hired, I think is a big deal to this team. Uh, he, I, I don't know if you saw like the Washington football team always kind of releases these mic'd up kind of things during camp. They yeah, mic'd up Chris Harris. He is the most energetic, kind of like crazy, go wild with your players type coach I have ever seen. Yeah. As soon as there was a pick, he like ushered his players onto the field to start screaming their heads off and celebrating with their teammates. I love that kind of shit. So yeah. I think overall, and last year our secondary was pretty dang good uh, for what it was. Obviously, you have a lot of help with the D-line. So I think adding more talent and another year under his coaching will be a big deal to that unit. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And honestly, I com- I forgot about that, but that move is definitely top three. Like, he's an amazing guy, amazing coach, and I'm super, super glad that we retained him. You know, I, I felt like he deserved a head coaching gig, but mm-hmm. – I, you know, I want to be, I'm going to be selfish and I'm going to say, I'm glad that it didn't turn out that way because we, we have a great guy still in the building. Like you yep. said, his energy is just infectious. And, you know, seeing videos like that, seeing coaching like that, like, it's just awesome. Yeah. 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 I definitely, I like that. I like that you said that. Cause I, I forgot, but no, mm-hmm. that's definitely a top three move for us. Even though, like you said, it wasn't an out control, but yeah. Yeah. What you got for your number three? Uh, I'm gonna go basic and <laughs> I'm gonna go Curtis Samuel. You know, everybody loves him and hopefully mm-hmm. uh he continues to get healthy and you know can do some damage on the field with Terry and Diami and Adam and all those guys. But yeah, definitely adding a guy like that, a receiver like that for mm-hmm. the price that we did. Whew, oh, yeah. yeah. I think only eleven million dollars a year, it's a great deal. Yeah. Uh it's gonna end up looking like an even better deal if what I think is gonna happen happens. So uh on Curtis though. I, remember, I was listening to Ben Standig's podcast. I believe it's called The Standing Room Only. Uh, he was present at camp, and I think he was under the assumption, as were a lot of us, that he Curtis Samuel would be the primary like slot receiver. Sounds like they're playing him a ton outside, which yeah. I kind of like. I mean, he played a lot more outside when Ron was in Carolina than when Rule era began in Carolina. So I think it does make a lot of sense to kind of kick him back outside. It's not like he's tiny. Uh, he's like 5'11 and a half probably, around the same height as Terry McLaurin, faster. Plays a little bigger than Terry, so I don't. I understand where they're coming from if they're going to play him outside. I think you make a lot more, you get a lot more out of his ability to be kind of a flex if you stick him in the slot and have him motion around, which I'm yeah. sure we'll also see a ton of. I mean, we saw with Steven Sims. I don't see any reason why we wouldn't see it with a better player in Curtis Samuel. Uh, so yeah, I think Curtis is going to be a huge addition for this team. I think that's a really good pick. Yeah. My fourth pick. How many do you want of these? How many of these do you want to do? I'm kind of enjoying. Let's go to like seven. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm cool seven. with it. Uh, so four. I'm going to piggyback off of that and say Deami Brown. Third round, pick. <laughs> Third round pick. Third round pick. I think he's. He's electric as a receiver. He's He has the speed. Route running ability is in question, but that's just because he didn't have to run a ton of routes in college other than run in a straight line and let your 4-3-7 speed do its work. Yeah. I think as you see this coaching staff and watching Terry McLaurin and all these things come to fruition, you'll see this player be significantly productive by the end of the season. Plus, you know Ryan Fitzpatrick's about to air that bitch out. So if he can just run under balls, catch him, he'll he'll catch a few touchdowns that way. Yeah. No, um, yeah, that definitely was gonna be my next one. And I love that pick. I think that I think that this fan base is 
kind of going a little bit too far, though. Not to say that he's not – he doesn't have the talent, but I think numbers-wise, he isn't going to have the numbers that this fan base seems to think that he will. Mm-hmm. And it's just because we have you, – you add a guy like Curtis. You already have a guy like Terry. You even add a guy like Adam Humphreys who has, you know, history and um, chemistry with Fitzpatrick. And I, I don't think that he'll be too crazy, but I think that he'll definitely get his due. And even a guy like Cam Sims, maybe. I think mm-hmm. that they're – I think that this is going to be a very – you know, uh, weapons-friendly offense, and I think that everybody's going to eat. You know, I think that we already know the two guys are definitely going to eat the most, but I think that Diami, he's going to have a good season, but like I said, it's not going to be what a lot of people think, and that's not a knock on him because, in a sense, we have kind of a loaded offense. Like, we still have some things to work on, but the potential is there for it to be loaded. So, yeah, I love the pick, and um, looking forward to see what they do. Mm-hmm. And uh, for my, well, what is this? Number four. Um, four yes. I will go with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sam, Samuel uh, Cosme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Second yeah. round pick. Yes. Yeah. Second round pick. I, I love the pick. I think I didn't expect that to be the, the pick there. Like I just thought that they kind of were going a different direction, but I think that we got a very, very good player. Mm-hmm. And I think 1000 um, bits from gray wolf. Dear Lord. Continue. The potential, the potential is crazy. The potential is kind of crazy for Sam Cosby. This I'm I'm in awe of Grey Wolf right now, dude. You're incredible. We love you so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Back to Sam Cosby. That is a very, very large man who can move very, very fast. Uh, I think they showed a lot of confidence in him when they cut Morgan Moses. I think, uh, unless it's purely for Leno, which I don't, I don't think is the case. I think Sam Cosby will be the starting right tackle by the end of the season. Uh, so, I think Lucas is the starting right tackle right now. <laughs> we did miss Darisaw, but I'm cool with that. I mean, I we ended up with potentially a higher ceiling player. So I'm, and Darisaw was sliding in the draft anyway. But well, I wouldn't say I think I think Darisaw has the higher potential, but I think Cosme is more of a. I think he I think Darisaw has the higher potential, but he also has the much lower floor. So that's what I would say. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I would actually. I think I might have gone the opposite just because. Uh, I like Darisaw's like hand play. I like a lot of the things you need out of a young tackle with Darisaw. Like, yeah, yeah it's a decent hand placement. His footwork is all right. Cosme is a little more raw around the edges, but the athletic profile is just so ridiculous that he can be so 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 good. Especially when it comes to like run blocking. If you see yeah. like a three hundred and ten pound man running at you at four, what is it? Four six speed? Four eight speed? That's gonna like you're gonna. It's gonna feel like you got hit by a truck, straight yeah. up. And when you think about how he's going to be the one opening up lanes for Antonio Gibson, it's whew, that's going to yeah. be fun to watch. So that's that's four. Gray Wolf again, seventeen hundred bits, man. Come yeah. on, no man, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I like I can't speak because I'm too like I'm too I, no, I can't appreciate yeah. you hard enough, man. <laughs> oh my lord. Uh, round five, I believe we're on now, right? Um. Trying to think what else happened this offseason. I'll go Herney. I'll go Herney. Her, uh, appointing Marty Herney to be assistant GM or whatever in the front office kind of team president pseudo role. Uh, not team president. Uh, that's Jason Wright. But um, whatever his position is. I don't know what his position is. Yeah. He's like in a, he's, al- he's also in the front office. Very experienced general manager. Obviously was not the greatest general manager in the world uh, in both stints with Carolina. But I think having an experienced football person in the room never hurts. And if you have like an actual good GM next to him, I'm sure Herney will provide some value in that role. 
Yeah, I think he's been the money man. And if he is, he's been really good with the money. So I'm thankful they kind of kept him out of the, the draft room and, mm-hmm. you know, didn't let him put his spin on that. But definitely, I think he's been in charge of the money. And I, I love it because he's been doing his thing with the contracts. We've seen it with William Jackson. We've seen it with Curtis Samuel and some of these other guys. But uh, dang, my fifth move. I wanted to say I wanted to include Jason Wright in this so bad because I believe mm-hmm. that, like, he's completely changed the way that this franchise has been seen. Absolutely. The things we're doing behind the scenes, on the, you know, on the field, all that stuff. But it was a little bit earlier. So. For my um fifth one, oh dang, this is kind of hard. Uh, who I gotta go with? Um, man, this is hard. It is kind of tough. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with sleeper. I I didn't really know too much about this guy when we made the pick, but just like seeing what he's done at camp and you know some of the energies he's brought, I'm gonna go with uh, drafting St. Juice. Like like yeah, I said, I didn't. You know, I didn't really know too much about him. And, you know, there was some, you know, mixed opinions on him. But, you know, just what he's brought in camp so far, you know, he's been covering Terry. He's been covering the Army, and he's been doing his thing. So I like that pick, and he's definitely got me excited to see if it can translate on the field. And even regardless, I just think, you know, even if it doesn't translate this year, I think in the future he has a lot of potential, and I'm excited to see mm-hmm. what his journey's like and how he transforms as a player and as a corner and all that good stuff. Right. A big deal for him is just going to be how to use his length. It appears, yeah. pause, it appears like he knows uh, kind of like he doesn't have necessarily the fastest straight line speed, so he can't run yeah. with every corner. So it's it seems like he's doing a pretty good job of just kind of being 6'3", staying close enough to the ball that he can make a play with his super, super long frame. I like St. Juice a lot. I think that's a really good pick. Um, round six. This is where it gets even more tough because we got two more rounds. Not a lot of offseason to work with. Um, I am going to go with tagging Brandon Sheriff. And I think this one's a little controversial because people have mixed opinions on this. He's coming off of an all-pro season. First-team all-pro. He was a top-two guard in the league last year. You're paying him a lot of money, yes, at $18 million a year, but that's a talent that is not easily replaced, so I think even bringing him back on a one-year deal is something to be mentioned. So if we have a good season, I think you have to at least attribute part of that success to Brandon Sheriff. So I'm going to go with Sheriff in round six. Yeah, yeah, I respect it. You know, I don't really like the numbers with it, but... Innocence that is his worth. So yeah, no, I respect that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with another guard, and uh, my sixth pick would be uh, the Eric Flowers trade. I don't think that Eric pick. Flowers is, you know, oh my god, wow. But I just think that the value we got for him, like what was it, a seventh round pick swap? Mm-hmm. That yeah, six round pick or something. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I I, I love that trade. It was out of the blue, mm-hmm. and you know we didn't have to give up much of anything. Whether it's a sixth round pick. Seventh round pick, even a fifth round pick, I would have been okay with the, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's my six. I love it, and I'm glad to have a guy like him back. And I just hope that this old line can stay healthy, and they all can just, you know, handle some business. That's all we really need. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I think that was a big, big thing that I didn't see coming at all. Obviously, Flowers was pretty decent for us uh, when he last played here a couple of years ago. Last year, Miami was not incredible, but you know, nobody on that offensive line was. And as a unit, that's kind of important to play together. So. Everybody's playing bad. I can kind of understand where he fell to earth a little bit. Hopefully, when he's surrounded with a little more talented of you know a unit, he can thrive a little bit. 
I don't even know if he's the starting left guard at this point. Uh, it kind of yeah. sounds like Schweitzer has that job for now. Um, but either way, I think we'll see a pretty decent competition in camp. Uh, final round. I might have to do it, Dre. Resigning Taylor Heineke to a two-year, was it $3 million deal? I kind of like that just because you're getting a backup quarterback for not a lot of money. If he does have to play, we've seen him have the ability, like, show the ability to play against a talented defense and produce at an okay level. We don't need a ton of a ton from Taylor Heineke other than to be a productive backup. So I think you got that. As long as he can stay healthy, he will be that for this team. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, and I definitely do think it was smart to resign him. But my issue comes with them thinking that he could be a viable started that's where the issue kind of mm-hmm. translates if they you know bring him in and sign him like okay he's the backup you hear no you don't hear any noise from me but you know between the staff and the fans who think that this guy could be the future that's where you kind of lose me and that's why I'm a big big hater of this quarterback room mm-hmm. we don't have any guy quarterback on the roster right now that is the future at this position I don't give it I don't care what Heineke does I don't care what Fitzpatrick does They can have a miraculous season and I will still stand 10 toes down and tell you that none of them are the future, the quarterback position. I don't care. But uh, yeah, no, I I, I think that it was smart to resign them. But and definitely if they go the backup route, then for sure, no complaints for me. It's definitely a great move. And he's definitely a very, very good backup to have. Like Mm -hmm. you said, he knows the system. He can play at a pretty decent level. And some nights he maybe even played a great level. Knows the system probably better than any other quarterback on the roster, including Kyle Allen. But yeah, eh, I would say that's kind of debatable because I think Cal played a bit more with, and I think he kind of yeah. But um, but yeah, I, I think it's kind of pretty even. Like I said, I mean, I think I think Kyle Allen is in a sense more of a safe bet just because uh, Heineke with his injuries and his his uh, size and stuff. That's kind of a wild card, but I think with Heineke has a, a slightly higher ceiling. So for me, it's like Heineke. He has the higher ceiling, but Kyle, mm-hmm. he's more of a safe pick. But I don't know. I think people are kind of sleeping on Kyle Allen's injury history, too. I mean, he had a concussion and broke his leg last year. He got hurt in Carolina as well. Obviously, oh, he mean, lasts a little longer than Heineke, who plays two games. But, you know, he's also oh, injury-prone to an extent. Yeah, oh, I'm not saying he's not injury-prone. I'm just saying with his size and his size isn't as much it's as not a concern a detriment. as it was. Yeah, that's yeah. true. For uh, Heineke. But that's another reason why I don't really care for his quarterback room. Mm-hmm. But, uh... We're on the last pick, right? My last yes. pick would be the Bobby McCain signing. I think I don't know, I I don't know what it is. Pick. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I love this signing. I love this guy. I just I'm excited. Whether he's a corner, whether he's a safety, whatever he is, I think that it was a great addition, especially at one year and the price that we paid. He just I like I've been tweeting this and everything. I genuinely don't know what it is about this guy, mm-hmm. but I've just been loving the move. Like I literally tweeted the other day and I'm like, I'm so high on this secondary. Like I wouldn't even be surprised if it's top three, like and, and if we have a top three secondary, you know, we have, we have the best the defense best in the defense league. In the, you know what I'm saying? And obviously that, you know, there's some work to put in to be the best secondary, but if everything goes our way, like, we can have the best secondary. And that's just because we don't have the flashy guys on the team, but we just have guys that can play. And we have guys that can like that, like each other and that play well together. And that's Mm kind of what I think 
I really like about Bobby McCain. Like I said, I don't think he's the spectacular guy, and I don't think that he's this all-pro amazing player, but mm-hmm. I think that he's a team player. I think that he's a guy that can go out there and make plays and, you know, just do his thing, and that's really all we need. We don't need Jalen Ramsey at every position. <laughs> you know, we don't need a Stephen Gilmore. We don't need all these guys. We just need guys that can go out there and ball and, you know, sacrifice for the team, and I think that that's what he brings, and I just like the energy I like his play style, all of that. So yeah, that's, that's gotta be my seventh pick. I, I, like I said, I genuinely don't know what it is, but yeah, we are a, uh, we are a Bobby McCain podcast. We, we really (laughs) like Bobby McCain. Yeah. I think that's a great move. I mean, I, I I keep saying it. I think he's a starting free safety day one. He is going to make plays on this defense. He is. Yeah. I think he can ball hawk well enough to, I, I don't want to go that far. I was going to say something crazy. <laughs> but uh, he, he's ball hawking well enough to take advantage of the D-line in front of him and just yeah, the defense yeah. around him. I and, think – and, I mean, debatably, he's on a more talented defense than he was last year, and he was oh, on a pretty no damn talented it's, defense yeah, last year. So. But it's it, – no, no knocks to the Miami Dolphins, but he's 100% on a better defense. It's no – we got the better defensive line, and I think that the secondary is a little bit questionable, but with the addition of William Jackson III and even McCain, I think that we have the edge. But like I said, no knock to the Miami mm-hmm. Dolphins. They're, they're a pretty good team. They got a good defense, but I, I like us. I like but, McCain, um, though, a lot. I, I think yeah, he's, yeah. he's going to make a hell of plays this year as long as yeah. he's healthy. I was going to say – Hoping, but yeah. Uh, I definitely hear what you're saying about him starting in safety, but I think regardless, whether they see him as a corner, whether they see him as a safety, I think that he has to be starting in some capacity. Yes. And I know a lot of people like Jimmy Moreland, but if they do go the corner route, and I wouldn't – like, I I might give him the edge, you know, to start with Jimmy Moreland normally plays. But either way, I think that we massively improved our depth and all that good stuff. So I'm, I'm genuinely just excited to see what this defense can do. And I wish uh, – you know, like, I'm still excited about the offense. I even said earlier that I think that – you know, the offense has has some decent weapons and da da da, but it's still the the only thing that kind of draws me back there is the the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. But overall, I just this team is they they've had a lot of good moves this off season, and mm-hmm. some people are still sleeping, some people are waking up, and some people are just they need to go to sleep because they're just <laughs> way too crazy. But overall, it's just been a fun off season, and I I just can't wait for what's to come. Truly, this is gonna be a fun season. I yeah, have a couple are. of honorable mentions for this yeah. draft. I don't know if you do too. Yeah, I do too. Okay, for you I want to knock them out though. Might as well ahead. at this. All right, but I might as well at this point just extend it a couple rounds. But number one, I want to go Cameron Cheeseman. I honestly like we traded up for a long snapper, yes. But if he has the position for a decade, that's perfect. And oh yeah. Every yeah. long snapper we've had prior has not had an issue for ten years, so I'm chilling with that. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about Cheeseman, but just his name and just kind of like he's a funny guy, so I I like it. So yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, I think it's 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 gonna be a fun time. Uh, but yeah, Cheeseman seems like he would just slide into the special teams thing. I don't know if you really need more uh, like chemistry with special teams or anything, but you know he'll be all right. All he has to do is snap the ball. <laughs> Another honorable mention was Samus Reyes because uh, I think this was. This was a player teams were fighting over to sign long term or to sign for a few years. I think yeah. we got a three year deal out of him. Um, does not seem like he has a ton of roster security, but we'll see. Uh, I think just his athletic profile and potential outweighs a lot of the production you would get from a third tight end. So, I mean, I would keep him over Ricky Seals Jones or Deion Yelder or anybody like that. So, yeah, Samus Reyes, honorable mention. Yeah, yeah, he was he was going to be one of mine too. So yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Uh, I think with that, we're ready to move on to some wizards. Because, Dream, we did it. We did it. Scott Brooks is gone. <laughs> He's gone. The witch is dead. We move. So, thankfully, this, the bar was not the eight seed, or, you know, uh, depending on who you ask. Well, it actually, been. it was because they were going to bring this man back. So, I, so okay, this is, this is where there's a lot of dispute, depending on sources, because Woj said that there was, they couldn't agree on a contract, but Tommy Shepard in an, uh, he was asked like a clarifying question in the, uh, the press conference right after, and he said there was no offer formally given. The decision was to move on from Scott Brooks. No, that is that is politics speaking. He said there's no contract formally given because they didn't come to an agreement. They were going to bring Scott Brooks back, and Tommy Shepard is trying to save face. That is that is the perfect GM president answer. He's, it is pretty he's, good. Yeah. You know, he's basically saying that he's being honest when he says that, but at the same time. He's kind of, you know, being a little bit deceitful because it's like you couldn't give him a deal. But officially, there was no contract because you couldn't come to an agreement. But right. regardless, uh, I mean, it's definitely a great move, but mm-hmm. I don't know. And I mean, I think, too, like uh, with uh, what's his name? Um, the Mayo guy. Um, I think. Quentin I, Mayo. Like, yeah, Quentin Mayo. He said it. And I I still believe in his report. I definitely Friend of the show. Yeah, I think that they were going to bring it back. But mm-hmm. I think that they heard some of the fan backlash. And I think that they couldn't come to an agreement because I feel like they offered Scott Brooks a one-year or two-year deal. And he said, no, I want three to five years. And I'm not giving you three to five years. I think mm-hmm. that that's kind of what – like, I know a lot of people said the money. But for me, I think it probably was a year thing because coaches – are all coaches want security. There isn't any coach in the league nine times out of ten that's signing for, you know, one or two-year deal yeah. unless – Unless it's a you know an older coach who's kind of on the fence of whether he's going to retire or not, mm-hmm. but uh, even then they'll take four year deals and just retire yeah. after year two. So, but um, but yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm personally not gonna give them too many brownie points for getting rid of him because I I still think that they were gonna bring him back and it's just some things that didn't work out. But I will I'll hold off on the brownie, brownie points until yeah. we see who we hire. Yeah, I was about to say I will give them some brownie points just a little bit for the guys I've heard or the guys and the the lady that I've heard mm-hmm. um being considered for the coaching position. But if they don't hire them, then I'm going full on, you know, blasting <laughs> blasting them. But uh, right. no, you they, they kind of got a little bit back from me just because I like I like Castle, I like Unsell Jr. and mm-hmm. uh I love Hammond. I mean, yeah. not to say I don't Let's love talk about the guys, but let's talk about them. Then. Yeah. Because uh Obviously, the big ones that we've been hearing the most about are Wes Unsell Jr. and Sam Cassell, both of which have ties to the organization. Obviously, Wes Unsell Jr., the son of yeah. the late, great Wes Unsell. The greatest wizard ever. Greatest wizard of all, well, bullet of all time. Yeah. Greatest <laughs> yeah. player in franchise history, I think we can say. Yeah. Um, champion, brought, brought a title to DC. Never forget about that. Looks, a, by the way, just... Complete side note, but Wes Unsell Jr. looks a lot like Rui Hachimura and vice versa. They just look a lot alike. And I think yeah, that's yeah, a little kinda, bit. I, that's just is funny and kind of weird. But yeah, he looks more like Wes Unsell than Wes Unsell Jr., <laughs> funnily enough. <laughs> yeah. uh, so let's talk about Wes Unsell Jr., though, because uh, he was with the organization, I think, from 2004 to 2007. As like a, in the front office when Wes Unsell himself was like in the front office. He worked under him. Uh, I think on the pro personnel scouting side or something. Uh, I read this on Wikipedia, so I don't know how true this is, but apparently he was credited a lot with uh, with 
the offense of the Washington of the Wizards at that point in time, which was when the Wizards had a really good offense. I think that was Gilbert, Jameson, Butler era. Uh, they were like top ten for all three of those years that he was helping on offense. He then had like a, a little bit of a turn in his career, more toward the coaching side. Right now, he's assistant on the uh, on the Nuggets, and he's their defensive coordinator essentially, which is a big deal because this team needs defense. <laughs> so, I think he makes probably the most sense out of any of the three candidates, just because a his name is Wes Unseld. Yeah. <laughs> B defensively is scheme needs to be implemented. And I think he can do that. You saw what he did with a guy like Jokic, who's, you know, limited athletically and, but plays hard. Imagine what he can do with Rui Hachimura. who yeah. It plays hard and has the athletic profile to fit. Overall, I, I, that's probably my number one on the coach uh, power rankings. So let's move on to two. Cause Sam Cassell is probably the next most obvious one. Uh, Sam Cassell was an assistant in the John Wall era for the most part. I think he left, uh, went to a couple different places. I think he went to the Clippers, then the 76ers with yeah. Doc Rivers both times. Uh, was heavily credited for player development and things of that nature. But I, it's hard to say how he would be as a head coach just because he's never done it before, right? Yeah. I, I think he can do a lot of the X's and O's stuff that other coaches do and be just fine. Maybe it might be a little bit of a rough transition at first, but it might go back to the same thing they said about Scott Brooks, which is he can keep a locker room together because Sam Cassell is one hell of a player's coach. Yeah. I think I don't, it's, it's hard to say like how he would be as a head coach relative to other people, just because again, we've never seen him do it before. And we don't know a ton about what specific assistant coaches do. Like we know, a guy who's a tribute, like I think Ime Udoka, who got hired for the Celtics, ran the Celtics defense, or uh, hired, uh, ran the Nets defense. Sorry. Oh, random, but I absolutely love that hire. That's a great. That's a really, really yeah. good hire. Married to Nia Long, already a legend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I think that's a good hire. And then you look at Jason Kidd with the Mavericks, and that's a bad hire. So <laughs> we're kind of seeing the coaching carousel do the normal thing it does: get some big names hired that don't actually make sense. Uh, you see Billups is getting the Portland job as well. Yeah, and uh, man, there's some controversy behind that, so. What do you mean? Uh, well, B- Billups was accused of rape in the 90s, and mm. it came out, uh, Portland fans are kind of bringing it up, and a guy tweeted that day in the day and basically was like, uh, you had coaches like, basically he said that Portland only considered Hammond and uh, Mike D'Antoni just to say that they were like they didn't really consider them and uh, basically called out Dame and basically said like how could you like you're endorsing a guy who has this history and then Dame came out and said like the coaching staff came to me with names and I came back and told them what names I like from the name that they gave me and I wasn't aware of the allegations that Phillips had and I don't support that and basically was like but you know like so it's, it's, it's kind of rocky so Dame uh-huh. is kind of like I just told them the names that they like that they gave me. Mm-hmm. I had no control over that other stuff. And then he came out and said, like, I don't support anybody who does that. So, Man, it, that's it's, kinda, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of weird. Very crazy. weird. I didn't know yeah. about that. That's wild. Yeah. I wonder what that does for Dame wanting out. I mean, I don't know if it really matters if Phillips yeah. is a good coach, unfortunately. That's just the kind of the culture of sports. But Yeah, the, the tweet was just very, very weird because it's like, 
I don't know. Like, it just feels like you don't tweet that as I, I don't think he meant it in a bad way, but just, you know, already with some people saying he wants out and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you just, you don't tweet that. You kind of just got to ignore the noise. And it, it was just very weird. Dame has uh, always but, been a guy who will not be shy yeah. about going at people on Twitter. Same as Kevin Durant. Like, they'll just, they'll yeah. say, fuck it. Katie does it way too much, though. <laughs> Katie like, does it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I don't fault him for speaking out, but it's just like, you got to ignore some things sometimes, man. Got to have some thick skin, especially as like an NBA athlete who's yeah. fully in the, uh, in the spotlight most of the time. Yeah, because for me, it's like, we know your game, Katie. We know what you can accomplish. So for me, it's like, I don't blame him for speaking out because athletes are humans too, but it's just like, let your game do the talking. You know there's always going to be naysayers talking crazy. Even NBA legends, they also talk crazy. So, you mm-hmm. know, like, that's just all I want from Katie. Like, just let your game do the talking. People are going to hate you regardless. People hate him just because his name is Kevin Durant. People right. hate him just because of the teams that he played for. It has nothing to do with some of these other things. So that's why I'm just like, sometimes you just got to ignore it and just do you. That's true. That's true. And I I think it's a big adjustment for Katie to do just because it's... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's a very petty person, it appears. Yeah, but... I'll put it that way. But yeah, no, this coaching stuff has yeah. been really weird and really crazy. <laughs> it's... Coaching carousel is always a weird time. Uh, I mean, in every sport. We saw this with, um, what was his name? Uh, head, the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, Eric uh, Bieniemy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes, like, stuff from your past gets brought up, and then it changes everything. But this is, you know, not to go This is obviously a little bit worse. But <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, this is kind of what, you know, kind of throws me off. You have another guy like Jason Kidd who took his name, out, who supposedly took his name out of the Portland Ringer because his domestic abuse allegations or his history mm-hmm. got brought up. So that's why he took his name out of the Portland thing, because fans started bringing it up. Then he gets a job with the Mavericks. And what kind of throws me back off is I don't support any of that, you know, but my thing is one guy or, you know, in certain leagues, guys shouldn't get be able to kind of get that history brushed aside right. and then others kind of get the spotlight on it. And I know it's obviously different media folks, different fans, mm-hmm. but it just, it just, it feels really weird. And, you know, race plays into that sometimes too, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I mean, but then you have a guy like look Phillips at Jason who has, Kidd versus yeah, Phillips and yeah, you'll, you'll see who has the history too, but it's just, it's just very weird, but I don't know. And I, I feel like these teams and, you know, sometimes fans, like we all kind of overlook this stuff, but I don't know. All this stuff is just very, very weird. And, it's just I don't a person's character yeah. definitely should matter when it comes to yeah. coaching. So I don't know why it doesn't a lot of the times. Maybe maybe it is a racial factor, like you're saying. But I mean I I mean, no, I def- I think but it I'm definitely saying, is a racial factor, but I think that's only yeah. part of it. It is just kinda unfortunately the culture of sports right now. I think yeah. I think we're headed in a good direction. Yeah, for uh, sure. Especially like I mean, when you look at how the world reacted to the Washington football team cheerleader stuff. It seems like sports are finally starting to accept that women are human beings, thankfully. We barely, go man. In that. Barely, but, I mean, headed in the right direction at least, at the bare minimum. Bro, did you see the Gotta reactions when they when they said that to, Teresa Witherspoon was um an in, uh, inconsistent for the Pelicans head coaching job? People, oh, Zion's going to be mad. And and the crazy thing is uh, she's attributed to Zion's success and, oh, yeah. you know, him, him developing a jumper and, you mm-hmm. know, some of those other things. So people are just... People are just really, really crazy, but uh, her, yeah. Becky Hammond, all those people, I love what they do in the league, and I hope mm-hmm. that Hammond gets a job. I think that Let's she'll be Hammond snubbed. Now. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that she'll be snubbed this time around, uh, but uh, next year or the, in another year or two, I, she should have a job, and if she doesn't, yeah. That is probably unfortunate. I don't yeah. know why Orlando isn't just giving her the job. I mean, 
honestly. She would be fantastic in that job. She gets a full rebuild to herself. I think it would be a great deal for her. But uh, I think they're probably gonna, they're, they might end up going like Carlisle or something. But I, let's talk about Hammond specifically, though, for the Wizards. Um, she is a Greg Popovich disciple through and through. She was the first woman to ever officially coach, like head coach a game when Pop was ejected one time, uh, I think two seasons ago. She's been an assistant for four or five years now, I think. Uh, I think she's 2016. I think she's earned the right to at least get a shot at a head coaching gig. I think she, since she's from the co- uh, the pop just uh, coaching tree, she'll have that authoritarian to her, and she'll be taken seriously, and she'll put her foot down often enough to discipline a team. And a team that needs discipline more than a lot of other teams in this league are the Washington Wizards, especially yeah. when you consider their star players last year were allowed to do whatever the hell they want at all times. So if you have a coach who's smart, disciplinarian and is good at the X's and O's stuff, which Hammond appears to be, that's a good formula for a head coach. Yeah. She is a good candidate in my eyes. I think she should at least get an interview. I don't know if it'll happen or not. I hope she doesn't get passed up for every job because again, I think that Orlando job would be a perfect deal for her. Uh, Yeah, but I don't really like that for her, but I, I definitely hear what you're saying. But overall, I definitely would love her here. And, you know, like you said, we definitely have – we have good stars in the building. We have good players in the building. But, like you said, they definitely lack the discipline. And it just would be kind of – I don't want to say – I the culture changing stuff is so different, but mm-hmm. it's culture changing. But, yes. yeah, honestly, I like – those are my main three candidates, as they are the teams. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, to be honest, I think we're going to end up with Castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think most – I think more people are going to want unsailed – and stuff like that. But I think that the team is going to go the kind of the, he's kind of a vet as far as coaching goes. Like, you know, they have the history too, but he's been, I think he's been in the league a lot longer than they have, if I'm yes. not mistaken. I, I maybe mean, I around the same length as Unsell, I believe, but similar, very long. But, um, but yeah, I think that because he's, it was already reported that he's the leading candidate. So mm-hmm. I think that it's going to end up being him. And it's not a, it's not a bad pick at all. Mm-hmm. But, uh, there are I some other would, names, but yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I probably will go with Unsailed or Hammond, but he's definitely not a def hundred percent still a great candidate, still will be a great hire. Mm-hmm. And overall, I'm just excited to see whatever to see whatever coach they hire and what, what they do. Cause the main thing is regardless of what coach they bring in here, they have to put the pressure on defense. Like we Absolutely. need that back in the building. Like, you know what I mean? Like it does, I don't care what the offense does. We need a guy who's gonna come in here and say, I don't care. Russell Westbrook, how many triple doubles you get? I don't care, Bradley Bill, how many score, how many games you have over thirty, how many times you get sixty, da da da. Y'all are going to play defense. Y'all are going to play it for every minute that you're on the court. That's mm-hmm. what I want. And I know, you know, sometimes that's a little bit hard when you come into a franchise with who's already kind of established power with the stars and stuff. But I don't want no, you know, coach that's going to sit down and bend over in a sense and let these players do whatever again. Like we already seen that. Mm-hmm. So. You know, just whoever they hire, just I need them to be, you know, be for I don't want to just see it with Rui. I don't mm-hmm. want to just see it with Gafford. I want to see it with the two main guys, too. Right. So don't just hire people because they're telling you what you want to hear. Like, I want to see it on the court, too. So, mm-hmm. like I said, I'm just excited to see what happens and if we'll really get that, because that's really all I'm acting for. Right. As long as we can get some sort of good coach for everybody. And there yeah. are a few candidates that might suit that. I mean... I don't know about this guy a lot. They did interview another guy, uh, Scott Morrison, assistant from the Celtics, uh, per Fred Katz of The Athletic. He 
it seems like was their G League head coach for like seven years uh, since like 2014, coach of the uh, Maine Red Claws, I think they're called. But yeah, he's a uh, he's a seven he's a Celtics assistant. Don't know a ton about him. He's Canadian, young up and coming yeah. assistant. You never really know uh, how they are as a coach. I mean, I wasn't watching any G League basketball from the Celtics uh, organization, so like I don't know for sure if he's a good head coach or not. Um, a few other guys that come to mind, uh, you know, Kenny Atkinson from, I think he's I, good. No, I was going to say, I, you know, like last year and all that, like a lot of people were talking about Kenny, but I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't want Kenny. I think not to say he's a bad coach, but I think he's kind of, believe it or not, he would be more of the same of what we already had. Mm-hmm. And, um, I kind of want to coach that's kind of new to this coaching thing. Like, it's going to be an experiment, but I feel like if we're going to experiment, now is the time to do it because we're already on the verge of, you know, playoffs and making a run and rebuild. Like, there's literally no in-between. It's either you make the playoffs and go on a decent run or Mm -hmm. you got to – it's no more we're going to do this and that. You go you go rebuild. So, um, I kind of want to, you know, get a a fresh coach and kind of start new. And I just think that, like I said, Kenny Agassin, I think he's a better version of Scott Brooks, but – I don't necessarily know about how much. And they I do have like, similar strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, and I, I feel like it's kind of the opposite. Like, I know a lot of people are saying that he's a little bit better on defense, but I feel like the gain in defense that you get, you kind of lose it on offense. So, for me, it's just kind of like, I, like I said, I, I feel like they're opposites, but, this, you know, despite being opposites, they're the same, like I said, mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah, I definitely see that. They're, and a lot of their, like, Apparent flaws are very, very similar to yeah. like, rotations. Was always a big problem with yeah. Kenny Atkinson. Uh, the uh, he was always good at player development, which I mean, this all sounds familiar for a reason. He uh, he was always just kind of a Brooks Junior, but in a lot of ways better, and in some ways yeah. worse. So I I do understand what you're saying, but I think honestly, any new coach just bringing oh, yeah, in a fresh sure. face is like. Is going to make some sort of difference, but we'll see. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, I wouldn't hate hiring Atkinson. I just mm-hmm. think that when you have the three candidates that we already have, it's just to go from them to him. And again, I'm not saying that he's a bad coach. It's just go with the fresh guys and you know, kind of, you know, just kind of take that risk more than going with the safe, the safe coaching gig in a sense. That's mm-hmm. that's all I mean. Yeah. Like we already we done the we done the safe stuff before. The safe coach we just hired was Scott Brooks, and we seen how that went. We don't need to keep hiring these retired coaches who. Mm-hmm had minor success and mild success with these other organizations, then got fired for the same reason that we fired this coach for. So for me, it's just like, we already been there, done that. So hire the guy who you don't really, it's like I said, it's a little bit more risky because we mm-hmm. haven't seen these people coach head coach like that. They don't have the history and stuff, but could end up like um, Indiana last year, yeah. end up with Nate Yorkin and firing after a year. Hopefully not. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be that bad though, <laughs> but I, I just I just rather take the race. I just feel like I understand that. Yeah, I Washington agree. is too safe, and it's like now now if like I said, if, if any time to do it, now's the time to do it. We're not a friend finals team, and Mm-mm. they could be, but they're not one yet. So it's like like I said, for me, it's like this team is between you know top seed in the East and making a run, or you complete know like rebuild. it's time yeah completely rebuild. So now or never. Mm-hmm. I agree, but I want to talk about a couple more coaching candidates that I think could take us to the top seed rather than. Obviously, talking about hiring a coach to start a rebuild is not fun. So let's talk yeah. about some coaches that might help us win. Because a couple other candidates are still out there. I mean, Rick Carlisle was fired by the Mavericks after like 16 years. He's won a championship. I don't. He hasn't done shit in 10 years, but he's won a championship. 
So I, that goes back to like that retread thing you were saying because obviously this guy is super well respected around the league. He's proven to an extent. I mean, he's I think he had like five or six fifty wins. He went teams. to the Pacers though. Did he already get hired? Yeah, he went to the Pacers. Oh, I just missed that. Okay, cool. So Carlisle's the Pacers. So then there's only four other jobs left, I believe. There's Orlando. There's Washington. Yeah, he went there? back. Yeah, he went back to the Pacers. Uh, Terry gotcha. Stotts. Who did, did he get hired already? Terry Stotts, I think, is still out there. If Carlisle. Yeah, I mean, I think that Terry Stotts and um, well, Terry Stotts, he might probably gonna end up being a Magic coach. But I mm-hmm. think that guys like Terry Stotts and Rick Carlisle. While I think that they're retreads, I think like I I have them on a higher, much higher tier than um, uh, Kenny Atkinson. And again, I'm not saying that Atkinson is bad. I just think that these guys have had a bit more success in slightly tougher conditions in the sense. And you mm-hmm. know, granted, they kind of failed on the biggest stage. They still, you know, have done a bit more. But like I said, I I'm I'm seeing these teams go the different route and hire these guys who haven't been head coaches and stuff. And that's kind of what I want. It may yeah, not work Monty out, Williams. Much, but. Like, I'd rather us take, yeah, I'd rather us take the chance. And when Monty Williams got hired, like most of us already knew, like that's a damn good hire and he's mm-hmm. going to have success. Even like, I like when they hired him, I knew that he was going to be the guy to turn the the Suns around. I didn't expect it to be this soon. This fast, yeah. I mean, yeah. Two but, years there. But I, like, I knew it was a good away fit. From the finals. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it is. It was a really fantastic fit. And plus, bringing in CP3 never hurts. So clearly, the Suns are on the right track. By the way, there are three coaching vacancies vacancies left there's washington there is orlando and there is new orleans everything else is taken but yeah uh, yeah carlisle's is the carlisle's the pacers head coach yes that was correct um one other candidate that we haven't touched on that i want to at least mention as a possibility i don't think it's going to happen but uh i think it would be really cool if it does Kara lawson uh obviously oh, yeah, is a play-by-play yeah, yeah. announcer for uh for us for a while after phil chenier retired then went on to become the Celtics assistant coach, and now she's the head coach of the women's team at Duke, a women's basketball team at Duke, I believe. Yeah. She was always a very smart basketball person. Um, I remember even reports back in the day, like players and coaches would go up to her and just kind of talk basketball, get her opinions on stuff. That's usually a sign of a super intelligent basketball person. Obviously, she came across as very intelligent on the broadcast as well. I think she would have been a really, really cool hire. Obviously, has ties to the organization as well. Yeah. I don't know if she's going to leave Duke. So, I don't think it's yeah. that big of a possibility. And I don't she even think that... Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even think that the Wizards are smart enough to consider <laughs> her. But, no, I, def- I like that. She's definitely a sleeper, but I, I like that. It- and it definitely would be, you know, kind of mm-hmm. a very, very bold move, but oh, a yeah. very, very good one, too, regardless of how, you know, things go. But, yeah. So, yeah, like you said, uh, top three, Castle, Ansel, Hammond. I'm fine with any of those. Like I said, the retread thoughts, mm-hmm. Atkinson. I got one more I'm not going to hate it, but. Mike D'Antoni. Oh, yeah. I mean. If you're going to say fuck defense, go all in on it. Fuck defense yeah. all the way. Go <laughs> all in on that offense. Yeah. I think he could make it work here. I mean, I don't think Russell Westbrook would want to play for him because. That's what made him force his way out of Houston. <laughs> was playing for D'Antoni and having him lose the ball. But I'm, I mean, if we have to trade Westbrook and get a good coach and turn stuff around, I'm cool with that. I mean, oh yeah, hundred percent cool with that. Like, <laughs> I don't know who's taking him, but we'll but, see. Um, trade but him to OKC too, for SGA. Be, 
Yeah, I was gonna say it could be. <laughs> hey, I know, uh, I know Phil is about to go if he's still here, it's he's gonna go here. crazy in the chat, but um, I'll send the clip. I was about to say, uh, oh, I was gonna say it might be different with Harden without Harden, too, That's true. because I think that that probably played a role. And we have a guy like Harden, he's kind of the commander mm-hmm. on the team, so it's like Russ had to kind of change up how he plays. And there's definitely like, so there's some people who even says that, um, Russell Westbrook is the number one player on this team, and no. you know there's some debate about that. I, yeah, I don't agree <laughs> with it, but I'm just saying if they were to hire Mike, then it could kind of be a different just because of we don't mm-hmm. we have a guy that's just as good as Harden, but he's not Harden. Like the play styles no. are very different, so it could be a little bit different. Being Give him that, a couple years, maybe yeah, he'll be right, yeah. Like Bill is very he's a very big ball hander, but at the same mm-hmm. time you can he can like you're more willing to let you know. Bill play hands off than you are a guy like Harden because now mm-hmm. Harden is even arguably a point guard so is, that's yeah. kind of where the issue came in but we know for sure facts like that Bill is the shooting guard so mm-hmm. you probably wouldn't have to ask too much of Russ because you can let Russ do him and then Bill just kind of play a little bit more hands off and you know shoot as much as possible but Absolutely. yeah I wouldn't hate it but I definitely would prefer uh, the main three candidates just because I, like I said I want that fresh face but yep. if we were to go that route or even Stotts got like Stotts I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it mm-hmm. I'm a little more against Stotts than you are but we'll see I, I think the coaching search was going to be pretty fun we probably will have a coach next yeah. week or two I mean the draft is rapidly approaching we'll have a, another podcast before that about draft prospects and uh, targets at 15 probably <sighs> So, I kind of want them to trade up. <laughs> I kind of want I them mean, to either trade up or trade out. But yeah, if they're staying at 15, I got a couple people in mind. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how it shakes out. But mm-hmm. uh, that 15 pick is just very depressing. <laughs> it is. It's never a great feeling to pick 15. Yeah. Unless you're getting Kawhi Leonard or Giannis, then, yeah, then it's a little and, different. But yeah. And then the great thing is there there very well may be a guy there. And we know that with our history and everything, yeah, we're, we're going to get the guy. That guy's going to either go the pick before or the pick after or something like mm-hmm. that. Like we've seen it with MPJ and Troy Brown Jr. Like it never, it never ends up how we want it to be. Perennial pain but, with that pick. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, but- one last thing, because I don't think we've actually even mentioned it. Uh, you touched on it when Beal was the best player. Beal made All-NBA for the first time in his career. That was awesome. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, awesome. All-NBA third mean, team, but we just didn't even mention look, it. I'm about to end the show on a crazy note. Russell Westbrook was not snubbed. I don't care what you say. I don't care how many triple-doubles he had. First of all, you're not an eight-seed in the East with two All-NBA players. I don't care oh. what you say. But Russell Westbrook was not snubbed. Russell Westbrook is not the best player on the Wizards. I don't nope. care what you say. I just, I, you know, I just had to put that out there. I saw that there were some arguments about that and, oh, Russ is snubbed and, oh, Russ is the best player on the team. If you don't have <laughs> Russ, you don't make the playoffs. If you don't have Bill, you don't make the playoffs either. Nope. So, like, that that argument, like, I know we got to end, but that argument pisses me off so much because it's like, without either one of those guys, you don't make the playoffs. Right. Like, what I mean, are you two talking about? Without Bill scoring, this team is probably dead last in the East. Bro, I mean, at what point... At one point, the team was even playing better without Russell Westbrook. Yeah. So how the hell do you get on Twitter and say without Russell Westbrook, you're not making the play? Well, I'm not saying that that's wrong, but how do you get on here and say Russell Westbrook is the best player because his impact was better? And mm. I'm not even going to deny that. I, I think, in a sense, Russell Westbrook did have a slightly bit of a better impact. But overall, you got to give it to Bill. Like, yeah. Bill was 100% the best player. Second the in the league in scoring. I mean, I think he put up was, like 31-5-4 and four Yeah, there was no season. Time in the season where we're like Bill's playing poorly. Bill's yeah. like, and Most if he played poorly, player it was on the a team game. Yeah, I mean Russ. Like, I think a lot of people are just kind of selectively forgetting this. Russ played like dog shit the first three months of the season. 
Yeah, and like people talk <laughs> about the injuries. If he was so injured, like you can miss, you know, you can not play because we yeah. were already losing. Yeah, you yeah. know, like and I mean, you know what I mean, Hart, they kept Harden off of all NBA for missing games and playing bad in the first, uh for the for Houston in his first few games. I'm not gonna like be upset that Russell Westbrook didn't get it for playing worse for a longer period of time. Bro. Obviously, he played more games, <laughs> and I mean, he's he just didn't play no, that, that well for the like. Obviously, he's playing on a torn quad and playing through COVID or whatever, but he's you can't be rewarded. For sucking and then turning around your season with Bro, all NBA exactly. selections, like even and even if he played damn good, amazing. I just don't think in any sense you can have two All NBA players on an eight seed in in the East. No, it, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I agree, no way. But I think with that being said, we're about ready to wrap up here. Be sure to follow us on all socials at Chasing Chip on Twitter at Chasing the Chip on Instagram. Uh, follow our personals at Demoes for me at Dre the Plug for Dre. Uh, follow at Phantom Sports Net on Twitter, at Phantom Sports Network on Instagram. Uh, we will have the Phantom Sports podcast later on tonight, I believe. Um, yeah, keep an eye out for that. And with that being said, see 